Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Lana Manikowski, all the way from the United States. She'll be joining us to share her fertility journey with us today. So welcome, Lana, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for all you do for the community. Yay, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, so to start off, we usually say, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I, as you mentioned, I live in the US. I live in Chicago. And I was diagnosed at age 37 with unexplained infertility. So um, up until that time, I was always very goal-driven, very much career-oriented, focused on success and somebody who saw a lot of success in my life. Um, So I am married to my husband, Jack. We'll be celebrating our 14th wedding anniversary this coming Ah. June. And we have a mini- Thank you. And we have a mini Aussie doodle named Coco and she'll be five in July. So yeah, I have a career in the medical device industry. I work for a large medical device uh, manufacturer in our urology division. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And then we can talk a little bit more about my coaching journey and how I came about to creating uh, the infertility community that I lead today. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. And yes, since we're speaking about fertility and I know before we spoke about this initially, it started about, you know, speaking about how some comments could be triggering. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'd like to speak about that a little bit when we get into the coaching uh, conversation. But to start off, maybe tell us about your fertility journey as much or as little as you'd like, and then we can move on to uh, how we started your platform and where you are today. Thank you. You got it. Good. Well, uh, I got married, I was 35. So I didn't really ever experience any sort of menstruation issues or anything that would indicate that pregnancy would be a challenge for me. And up until that time, I never really thought it would be a problem to become a mom. I just thought this magic wand waves and you find your partner and you decide that you want to become a parent. And then it just happens. <laughs> and then uh, after we got married, I we tried for a few years and it was actually a friend who had gone through IVF. I remember distinctly being on the phone with her. I was in the grocery store in the cracker aisle and she asked me if I had thought about getting a workup done to see if there were any issues with me becoming a mom. And I was like, oh, I guess I really hadn't thought about that. Like we've been trying, but I hadn't really taken it that seriously. I just thought it would work its course. And so that's when I went to make an appointment with a reproductive endocrinologist. And I went to a well-known university here in Chicago and they did my workup. And that's when I was diagnosed uh, with unexplained infertility. So right off the bat, I had this notion in my mind that there was this anomaly of me and my body being classified as somebody who was unexplained. And then from there, we went on, we did seven IUIs um, and then a couple IVFs here in Chicago, none of which were um, resulted. I had one transfer, uh, it didn't take. um, So nothing that resulted in any type of pregnancy. And then I took a mental break and I was like, okay, am I done with this? Do I wanna do any more of this? So I sat idle for about a year. And then a girlfriend of mine was going to a clinic outside of Chicago, um, a a well-known clinic in Colorado. Then she um, 
she was really the one who encouraged me. So twice I had women who were infertile, be the ones that helped me move my journey along. So then I went to this clinic in Colorado and we had signed up for, it was called a family planning package. So it would have been three IVFs because it was all out of pocket for me. And uh, we got um, through two of them. I had a frozen, um, a frozen, I'm sorry, a, a canceled cycle. And we had one frozen embryo. And so when we thought the third, um, for the third cycle, we thought the embryo because that one wasn't successful. And when we thought the, thought the embryo turned out it, um, had chromosomal abnormalities. So it had trisomy 16. And, um, we had the conversation with the clinic that, you know, that was kind of the end of the journey. And then they offered the opportunity to seek adoption services or to get a, a donor uh, egg. And we thought about both of those options. And when we decided that those weren't right for us, that was just where our journey ended. There was no more follow-up from the clinic, no um, services that were offered to us from an emotional uh, level. So yeah, that was the end of my journey. Wow, and that must be pretty hard, you know, because for the clinics, you pay so much, like I said, out of pocket and three packages and to just, as soon as you don't opt for the options they provide, that's the end of it. No follow-up to see how you're doing. And Yeah, and I think that's, that's really, um, I think it's a disservice to we as, as patients, but I also think that we can't fault them for that because there's not a lot of people like you and I that are out here sharing our stories that maybe they don't even know where to go to send their patients. And so that's really what drives me every day to tell my story and to connect with women like us, because I think the clinics just don't, there's no resources for them. And if we made our stories and our needs more apparent and aware to them, I'm I'm um, hoping that they would be the ones that say we need to incorporate more of this in our practice. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story and, you know, for creating a platform as well. Uh, but from your experience and going through all that you did and uh, knowing how stigmatized infertility is, why did you decide to then start your platform to raise awareness and share your story as well? It, um, I think it really stemmed from knowing that if I needed something so badly and it wasn't available to me, I probably wasn't alone because I was always someone who was very resourceful and bright and could get whatever information I needed in my life to make decisions and, you know, in my career or in my relationship, whatever it was. And when I just didn't see that being available to me, I thought, gosh, there's got to be so many other women who have this desire to connect with one another and have a desire to hear that they're not the bad friend if they don't want to go to their best friend's baby shower or the birthday party. Cause you know, I had those thoughts about myself and I had no one to connect with. So that's really the desire that I know I needed is what motivated me to create it for other women. Well done. Yeah. Because it's such an amazing platform that you have now, so thank you for making that decision to yeah. uh, create a resource for other women. But yeah, when it really you started. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, oh, no, but, no, no, say, but no. it really started. Um, if I think about my platform, where I really created it was through through my podcast and like actually telling my story. Um, so I think some much like you, you're somebody who's very open with telling the 
the parts of your story that maybe you've held in for a long time. And when I was able to do that through my own podcast, like you do through yours, that's really where I would say my platform started to jump off and social media took off from there. And when you made that decision to not explore the options given by the clinics and decided that you were going to stop any further treatments, um, how did your friends and family feel about it? Did, were there people making suggestions of all the things you should explore? Were they accepting of your decision? You know, it's interesting. I kept um, my secrets so... I would, I call it a secret. Like, I felt like I had to keep it a secret, um, because I was felt really shameful about not being able to become a mom. So I didn't tell a lot of people the ins and outs of what I was going through and what decisions I was navigating. And, um, that created a lot of isolation, I think for me personally. So when we decided to end our journey, I reached out to a couple friends that were potential resources while we thought about the adoption process. But as far as like my mom and my sister and like my closest friends that I had always gone to for so many things in my life, I didn't really let them in to even give them the opportunity to ask questions or to give the suggestions. So, um, I see now, like even my mom will say, gosh, I felt like such a bad mom. When I listened to your podcast, I didn't even know that you were going through all of this. So I really, um, I, I would say I, there was maybe one friend that sticks out to me that even as recent as like six months ago was like, are you sure you don't want to adopt? And, um, so to me, you know, I, I know it comes from a loving place, but I've come to such a, a different point in my life that I know that I could live this loving and fulfilling life, even though I didn't become a mom that I don't look back and have regret that I chose not to take those actions. And that's so important. Thank you for sharing that because again, that's one of the misconceptions about being childless and by choice. People feel that um, it's often portrayed anyway as people that are sad and uh, unhappy. And so it's important that people see that, yes, the journey might not have ended to the same way you wanted or you hoped for, but in spite of that, you can still live a happy and fulfilling life. So true. Yeah. Because I think when we accept that other people feel sorry for us and we, we take in the energy that people could never imagine what their lives were like if they weren't a mom and, and we live our lives from the sense of like, of feeling like everyone feels sorry for us, then we start to feel sorry for ourselves. And when I realized that I, I had a story to tell that of growth beyond this thing that I was able to overcome that I never believed in when I was going through it, I could never have imagined that I got to the place where I am today. And to be free of that, um, of that, uh, that belief that you're someone who's felt sorry for, yeah. and to be able to know that that doesn't have to be what defines you, that you're not somebody who's pitiful or or the worst case scenario, or whatever, whatever thing you associate with your journey to relinquish that is just the greatest freedom that I've been able to find in my story. Well said. Thank you. 
and I know we spoke earlier, but because I was trying to figure out, you know, the questions to ask and the questions not to ask during the this recording, uh, just because I didn't want to say something that might be upsetting or triggering for you. Um, and I know that you, you spoke about how coaching has helped you in that sense. So I wonder if you could share a bit about that and how uh, coaching has helped you to manage people's comments or statements. Well, historically, I didn't really know what a life coach was or that it was as impactful as it was. So I just, um, I just always thought if I waited long enough or believed hard enough, like my life would automatically change and I would get over this stigma of being a childless woman. And then when I was navigating a lot of my weight gain that I had after my IVF ended, I started working with somebody who I thought was a, a weight loss coach, but turns out she was a certified life coach. And that was my first exposure to life coaching and the freedom that comes from understanding what story you're telling yourself or what story you've created about your life and your journey. And when I became aware of the power that we have as individuals to decide that that's not a story that's helpful for you anymore, or not a story that's indicative of what you're capable of. I started to realize that I could change my story and that maybe I didn't have to be someone who um, had bad luck or somebody who might've done something she was unaware of in her past that God was cursing her for, you know, not giving her a child, like all these things that I thought like, gosh, who did I hurt? What did I do wrong? Why did I wait so long to find my husband? Like all these things that I kept telling myself I was the fault of my childlessness and working with a coach and realizing that that doesn't have to be my truth anymore. And that's where I've been able to work on things like, you know, when you meet someone, you might've experienced this yourself where you tell someone you're not a mom or you couldn't have kids. They tell you, you can always adopt. And to yeah. me, that has been like, the biggest thing that used to really like infuriate me. And through coaching, I've started to understand why someone offering those words upset me so much. And I came to realize it was because I was telling myself that I left options on the table, that if I really wanted to be a mom bad enough, I would have said yes to adoption, or I would have said yes to an egg donor. And realizing that that doesn't have to be the truth. Like I made a conscious decision and I, if I believe in my reasons why I chose not to do those things, and those are in the forefront of my decision process, someone can tell me you can always adopt and I can know in my mind, I don't have to explain to them why, but in my mind, I can say, you know what, they probably just think that they need to offer me something to comfort me or give me some sort of hope. But if I know my story and I know my reasons why I can move forward with that like level of belief about why I chose not to adopt. Wow. That sounds so powerful and empowering. It really is. And I, I would say that's like the power of coaching that I never knew about that stuff. I, no one ever, it seems so simple now that I'm on this side of it and have worked with a coach and now coach my own community on these types of things. It seems so simple, but no one talks about it. And that's why I'm so excited to let women know that they don't have to keep that stigma of who they once were or what they once believed as their definition of who they can be in the future. Love it. And for people listening right now, one 
provide to support people that currently on their own journeys or um, so just for anyone listening wondering if they can reach out to you and what services you provide absolutely I um I have a podcast that comes out every week that um is there's it's like 10 or 15 minutes it's really like short and quick and it's just some exercises some things to think about so to me that is like a gift that I want to give every week for women that just want to do some work on their own. But if you're somebody who wants to go a little bit deeper and understand what it is, that's got you feeling like captive in your story and in your childlessness, I offer, um, a coaching community. So I have a a small group mastermind. I also have one-on-one coaching services. And then I always invite someone, if you want to do a free discovery call and just talk about things and you're not ready to move on to coaching. I just, I want to give women as much opportunity to come to terms, um, with this next step in their life at their own timeline, because I think a lot of us as women, we're just used to, um, being able to create like action plans right away. And when you're navigating something like this, it might take you a little bit to get to that point to say, I'm ready to, embrace this new opportunity for myself. So I just try to give a broad range, um, for women to meet them where they're at. Thank you. So for people that want to reach out to you, the best way to reach you then, uh, what's the, is it on Instagram or? Yeah, Instagram. Um, so my Instagram is Lana, L-A-N-A dot Manikowski, M-A-N-I-K-O-W-S-K-I. I've recently started a YouTube channel. So that's a new Yay. thing for me. <laughs> it's so anyone who wants to support me and follow me there, that would be great. Cause, um, I'm just starting out. So that's a new thing for me. Um, I also try to upload, uh, the videos of the podcast there. So if someone's on a podcast listener and they wanted to watch on YouTube, um, that's great. So yeah, those are my two main channels. Wonderful. I'll put the details as well in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Thanks. Um, in terms of being childless, not by choice, there's a lot of stigma attached to it and infertility in general. So for people listening, what do you wish this people knew more about being childless, not by choice? Like what do you, in society in general, what do you feel, wish they knew? Well, I wish that they knew that this, the ability that you have to still live a life where you feel like you're thriving and feeling fulfilled is available. And I think a lot of us thought that our purpose as women was to become a mom and that motherhood would be our defining overarching purpose of our life. And when we're not given that opportunity that I want women to know, like creating your purpose is, doesn't have to be one singular thing that you can create purpose. It could be a different purpose every single day and you can create impact and create a purpose in different people's lives for different reasons. So just because, you know, I, I create purpose in one person's life in my workplace, that doesn't mean that I have the same purpose in the life of, of being a, a, a partner to my husband. So just helping women understand that your purpose doesn't have to be tied to something that's not available to you is really, uh, I would say something that created such freedom for me. And I know a lot of the students that I've worked with have almost taken this like like sigh of relief that, oh my gosh, I could really have purpose and I don't have to constantly be searching for something that wasn't available to me. Yeah. So well said, Lana, thank you. And for, you know, just for young people listening, um, wondering 
at what point and because I think even for being childless and by choice, you might have uh, some points where you think uh, you're ready to move forward, or perhaps you're still exploring options for someone stuck in between and wondering at what point they might know that for sure. Can you give any ideas or tips or something that allowed you to know that at that point you were ready to decide to move forward being childless not by choice and wasn't necessarily uh, perhaps still trying to consider other options. I think sometimes people are stuck between and not sure if they're at that point yet. Yeah. And I think um, you know, that's such a, a personal thing because you don't, as, as women who seek IVF treatments or fertility treatments, like from the offset, we are women that are, are goal driven, right? So if, if we go into this, we are not someone who just like sits there and like watches life happen. Like we are the ones that have chosen to take that next level. So I can see, and even in my own story for me to stop my journey, when I did, I was questioning for so long, am I somebody who's giving up? Right. Because people are like, well, what if it's just that next time? What if I just do one more round? What if I just go to a different clinic and I have a different doctor or a different protocol? And I think it's just really understanding how much more you personally feel like you can endure. And that's when I decided to stop because I was like, at, at what point am I going to start living my life again? And even if it's so different than I ever thought it would be as a childless woman, how much longer am I going to live in this sense of limbo and this sense of feeling like I just didn't have control over creating plans for a vacation, buying a house, like all these things that I put on hold in my life. So I really think it's understanding how much you're emotionally capable of and whether you're doing that for you or are you hanging your hopes of your future on something like motherhood to complete who you are. So does that make sense? Like, I, I really think it's understanding, yeah. are you doing are you seeking more and more and more, even though you're feeling depleted because you think that your only ultimate way of creating this life that feels fulfilling and luxurious and spacious is through being a mom? Or can you start to look at yourself and say, even though life is so different than I dreamed it would be, I'm willing to stop here because I love who I am and I want to preserve the energy that I have in me right now so I can start creating a future without children that feels loving and feels true to me. That really is very helpful. And it's good how you actually highlighted that you actually live in, on, everything is on pause. Yes. You might not realize it's on pause, but it's just that you don't make so many decisions just in case. There's totally. So just in cases. And let me hold on. Oh, that by that time I might be the, you just don't really do anything. Right. You just, I can't think of how many times we had like girls trips or family trips. And I was like, oh, you know, you guys, yeah. I, I can't commit. And then you'd sit there and then the day would come and everyone's packing their bags and you're sitting at home, not pregnant or not in the middle of a cycle. And you're like, well, hell, I could have been exactly. doing something fun. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I think the loss of control that we feel like we have when we're going through fertility treatments. Like for me, I just felt like I needed to just get my arms back around owning my life and 
owning what I was going to accomplish with my future if it wasn't going to be motherhood. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for sharing. And if you could go back to 20-year-old Lana, what would you tell her, knowing all that you know now? I would say that even though life turned out so differently than you dreamed it would, you still went on to make a difference in your life and you still went on to be happy and joyful and loving and compassionate. So I think it's so important really that, um, that I remind myself of that. And, and despite having things turn out you know, so differently than I imagined at, at a 20 year old version of me that I could look at myself now in my forties and say, is that still what I want with my future? Cause I think a lot of what, a lot of us, like when you think about creating goals for yourself and creating goals of who you want to be in your future, we create those subliminally when we're maybe you know, I think about being a 16 year old girl and sitting on my best friend's bed. And we're talking about, oh, I want to marry someone with brown hair who's <laughs> six, two and yeah. da, da, da. and we create that as our beacon that we are always trying to achieve throughout our lives. And now here we are, you know, educated, success-driven women who have career experience and relationship experience and life experience, yet we're still holding on to this nugget of hope that we created when we were 16 and we didn't have all this knowledge. So I'd want to tell my 20-year-old self, just because that seems important to you now, you can reassess who you want to be in the future. And as you grow as a woman, there's going to be so many life experiences and relationships and, and growth opportunities that you can reevaluate who you want to be based on who you are today. Well said. And for anyone listening right now, that still going through the fertility journey in any aspect of it, uh, are there any words of encouragement that you'd like to offer? Yeah, well, I think um, it's just, it's important to take care of yourself first. And I know that there's not a lot of resources, um, maybe depending on wherever someone's tuning in, they might have a different experience. But for me, I only had one psych eval. I had just to say that I was qualified to go through IVF, but I would really encourage women that are going through it to work with a mentor, work with a therapist, work with I know there's a lot of women out there that are coaches to people actively going through IVF or find a community, but don't feel like you have to do it alone. And I know that your story feels very isolated to you because you don't hear other women sharing in the same struggles that you're sharing in. But if you could try to reach out and create community with somebody and listen to yourself and listen to what you need and not do it from a place of judgment. Because I know we as women want to tell ourselves that we should be doing something better or differently, or we should be stronger, but just allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling and, and love yourself as though you're telling your best friend what you're feeling and being that friend to yourself. Thank you for sharing that. And for anyone that is currently childless, no by choice, um, at that point, just any words of encouragement as well? I mean, it could be exactly the same, but just wanted to ask maybe specifically. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that. And I'm, I've just always been someone who's like a collaborative type person. Right. 
I know how to create, you know, success for myself individually, but you know, success and happiness and joy when you don't share it with others, I feel like we lose out on the real experience that we have available to us as humans and especially as women. So find you, find your, your group of people. And, you know, we're at such a different place now in social media than we were when I was navigating this, you know, the people like your platform and, and so many others that are out there and doing this work every day, like, listen to what they have to say. If there's resources, if there's free calls, or if there's an opportunity to listen in on a webinar, like if you just take that time to listen in, you never know who you might forge a bond with and create a buddy for yourself or somebody that can help you navigate this journey with you. Love it. Thank you so much, Lana. Uh, it really has been so informative listening to you, so enlightening and uh, I think very insightful for lots of people listening as well, just because in reality, oftentimes what we see is that um, being childless and by choice, people are not happy, they're sad. People focus a lot on happy endings or miraculous endings being just one that ends with a baby. And of course, that's not the reality. So uh, getting to speak to you today, sharing your story, sharing your how fulfilling your life can still be with or without children, I think is very important for people to, to have options and to be able to listen to um, from to letting people know they're not alone and it's okay if the journey doesn't end with a baby. I think yeah. that's so important and we need more platforms like yours. So thank you so much for choosing to share your story and to raise awareness and to create a space where people can feel less alone. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity because you're somebody that I've admired for a very long time and your oh, platform you. and the and the realistic um offerings that you give our community. I just, I think it's so needed. So to, it's truly an honor to be here with you today. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Lana. It's been amazing having you on here. And I know that we've all learned so much from listening to you. Uh, we'll definitely be following your platforms on your YouTube channel and all your details will be in the links as well for people to reach out to you and connect with you. So thank Sounds you good. again for having, for being here today and looking forward to having you again in the near future. Oh, thank you.